Okay, so this show is sponsored by BetterHelp, and it's a new year, and of course, we are always looking for ways to improve on our daily routines, but the one thing that I always keep from year to year is my weekly therapy session. I personally look forward to my hour every single week, and I don't know, I feel like it truly empowers me to try to be the best version of myself. And if you are also thinking of starting therapy, I want to introduce you to BetterHelp. It's really cool. It's completely online with licensed therapists, which makes it super convenient and flexible for your schedule. So here's to helping you find your strengths and making the changes in your life that you need. So celebrate the progress you've already made. Visit betterhelp.com slash unexpecting today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash unexpecting. Hi guys, I'm Tara Lipinski. And this is Todd Kapastashi. And you're listening to Unexpecting. The podcast. Yeah. Episode. So big news, our biggest news. We've been away for three weeks. Uh-huh. Probably the biggest news is that we're no longer numbering the podcast. Right. And the only reason is really because <laughs> as I walked up here, I don't remember what number we're on. So I actually don't remember. So it's 20 just, something. It's, it's time to go. Yeah. So it's just unexpecting <laughs> the podcast. But we're back. We had a little hiatus and a break. And Todd, it's good to see you in this chair. <laughs> we actually haven't seen each other since the last podcast. What have you been up to? You oh, I don't imagine? know. Just, could you? <laughs> we were just podcast partners. <laughs> <laughs> we lied to everyone. <laughs> Whose baby is No, it? but really, what have you been up to on this uh, three-week hiatus? Um, well, it, we had our you first... You have a child, right? Yeah. <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> so wait, guys, can we tell a quick personal story? We do this funny thing. We when, haven't done it in a while. I'm terrible at it. It was early in our relationship. Well, for years we did it because <laughs> I just enjoyed it. It was just a gag where I would... Todd's really good at it. I would randomly walk like... If we were just sitting down watching TV or we were at dinner or just like whatever, sitting somewhere, I would just turn to her and put out my hand and shake it and say, I'm, and I'd make up a name yeah, and then kind of go on like a story about who I am. Like we didn't know each other. Like, oh, nice to meet you. I'm blah, blah, blah. And the funniest thing about it was not, really, I, you know, I was okay at it, but you, it's like the games that we talked about. <laughs> yes. Like you would have this panic that would rush over you and you'd be like, I'm, uh, I got nothing. <laughs> I, I am so bad at it, Todd, right now. I don't, <laughs> if you're watching on YouTube, my cheeks are red because the first thought was, Todd, we should do an example. Okay. But say. no, no, because I. No, Tara, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. I'm Josh McAdams. What's your name? <laughs> um. I'm so I'm actually Rachel McAdams brother Josh oh. yeah I'm also an actor oh, lesser known but oh you're an actor yeah I'm an actor That's mostly nice. romantic comedies oh wow um yeah I'm you know 65 so it's hard to kind of get roles now but are you single <laughs> very single See, yeah wait I just actually did a good no but I've been married oh. 17 times 17 yeah, times wow. I've been through it romantically <laughs> okay no, but guys. so who were and you See, I came through with "Are you single?" Like that is no, probably... but that's not the joke. Is not a asking questions. I know. I just can't. It's, guys, who are I'm you? so red right now. I can't do it. I don't know okay, who I'll I am. Put you out of your misery. <laughs> but yeah, that used to be a fun thing we did. Yes, I've kind of let you go. Yeah, on that. I know. You should put me to the test. I don't know. It is like the game thing. It's very strange. I don't know why. Oh, I came up with Rachel McAdams because uh, long story. But <laughs> see, you're so good at it. <laughs> well, Little Dicky has a song and the his show, which I don't actually watch, but I know he has all these crazy cameos in his show Dave. Uh -huh. Um, and she's one of them. And then he has a song about well, marrying her. Rachel McAdams. So that's <laughs> that was on my brain. Um, uh, anyways, uh, the other biggest news 
that we have by far in the last three weeks is Tara's new found love for an Apple Plus television show that's bordering oh. on obsession, which is a weird show to, that you've gotten into. I'm, I'm like shocked that you like I it so love much. It. We call, so guys, every night we go to bed and I'm excited to turn on the show. I'll be, and we'll both say it. We'll be like, it's time to watch our guys. <laughs> like they are my guys. I love them. So the show is for all mankind. Which most people know about this show. Yes. We binged all over the We're hiatus. <laughs> we have binged every we show and I love it. I don't know what it is. Yeah, what do you like about it so much? I don't know. It's like when you get into a TV show, sometimes you watch TV and it sometimes feels a little bit passive for me. And I, I'm like, oh, I appreciate this was good television. But this feels like a good book where you're so wrapped up in the does character. It? It, it does. That's <laughs> <laughs> not how I would describe for all you mankind like a good you book. You like it. You a always... good book is like The Wire. I don't know. For All Mankind is a really good show, I'll say, and it's hard to make good TV, so I don't want to, like, criticize it, but it is a little bit, like, network TV-ish with, like, swearing. I know, but I forgive it because I just love it. It, it, To me, it's- It's good. And the Joel Kinnaman, I think his name is. he's so good, yeah. He's really good. The Not to, spoiler alert, but- No, but don't give it away. A bunch of the characters die, but one of the great, I think- I loved her. One of the best characters dies. Well, I'm not. I want people to watch the show, guys. I am. I also sell this show like it's like someone's paying me to sell it. Anyone I talk to, I'm like, what are you watching (laughs) on television, guys? Well, the reason I struggle with it is because, and you know this, my favorite show of all time, and I shamelessly say this because I know it's not the best show of all time, but it's my favorite show of all time, is Lost. Those were my guys. Yeah, those were your guys. But it's similar in the way that like, the backdrop is obviously this like the space program and it's this sort of alternate universe where Russia beats the US to the moon and then yeah. how does that affect the space race going forward and basically the show argues that the space race accelerates after that and like now they're on Mars and like all this stuff and it's that's cool but that kind of doesn't matter it's the characters, the characters and their interactions and, their- and they jump ahead in time a lot so like you know you get these like long scale relationships between people was what I loved about Lost. And I think they did such a great show, a great job in that show with that. But that leads to another thing about the show is that they have to age everyone by 10 years, roughly. Which they don't. Okay, this is the one <laughs> fail of the show. Is Some they, of the people look horrible. I feel so bad for these actors. Some look like they age them 50 years, and no, then others, they no, don't age at all. No, but the problem is, is they age them in only certain parts of their body and face. like <laughs> A lot of forehead only wrinkles. Only forehead. So like their cheeks, their <laughs> like eyes down, they're, they're 30, but forehead up, they have like Star Trek, like... <laughs> like prosthetics of some well, sort. They've on. only used like the forehead and hair to age. So basically yeah. like massive wrinkles and then they like recede the hairlines, yeah. which again, like Joel Kinnaman is like a very <laughs> handsome man. And this yeah, last season, it's like, yikes. He looks, he looks tired, man. <laughs> but anyways, this is our favorite new show you should watch. Anyways. Well, before we get to a harder topic and maybe the, the topic for this podcast this actually just dawned on me again. We never talk about any of this before the no, podcast. No, we don't. We always say we're going to we talk had... about something. You're like, ah, oh, just sit down. <laughs> I'm like, okay. We... You, wait, today it was really bad. I was talking to you while you were setting up the camera <laughs> for about 10 minutes about thoughts or topics. And he looks up at me and goes, oh, I haven't really been listening to anything you said. <laughs> <laughs> and then you were like, oh, do you want me to repeat it? I'm like, no, I think I'm good. Yes. No, only because we haven't had a pot. This is one thing I guess that's we should pat ourselves on the back on for at least just even our relationship is that 
We've had three weeks of things happen to us. I feel like we could have like a six hour podcast. 100%. And we could have a 10 hour podcast if either of us actually sat down and was yeah. like, oh, remember like on New Year's Eve, this happened? Yeah. And yeah did anything crazy happen on New Year's Eve? Anyway, what there's I was. There's <laughs> a ton of things. Like, there's yeah. so many podcasts over this hiatus. Well, so that's why I kind of dismissed you because I was like, we'll sit down and we'll have way too much we'll for this podcast. But what I was going to say is we had kind of another Northman situation the other night, which. So this is, I don't know if I said this during the Northman story. For those who haven't <laughs> <Yeah>. listened, <laughs> basically Tara was going through a, a horrible time. I think it was post one of the miscarriages. It was the third miscarriage, yeah. And then we went to see a movie that I picked called The Northman Which that's very violent. And violent. It was the worst awful, possible awful. film you could take yeah. your wife who's <laughs> grieving a loss. Yeah, a horrible decision. <laughs> but she gave me a lot of grief and was very upset with me. Not irrationally, rationally, but uncharacteristically, I think, of how you treat me. But part of that story was that you slept. Thank God you fell asleep during the second half of it. So you, I didn't get the glares yeah. from you. But one of your things in movies, this happened in Oppenheimer. I don't think, <laughs> have we had a had a podcast since Oppenheimer? That seems like so I long ago. We saw, Bar no, we had to have had a podcast since then. Yeah, I think, well, That I was don't a know. long time. That was months ago. Yeah. Um, fell asleep through the, okay. So I, we didn't talk about this. <laughs> Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer is by far, I, anyone will agree with me, the loudest movie that's ever been made. It's so loud. He, Christopher Nolan's known for not caring at all about like if you can hear the dialogue, which makes no sense to me, but blaring music. It's about the atomic bomb. There's atomic bombs going off in this movie. Tara, it's three plus hours, I think, or maybe it's yeah. exactly three hours. So it's long. 15 minutes in, I look over. You are out. We're at like the Chinese theater. There's also some huge premiere I think like, night. To be honest, I think it was five minutes in. Just out. <laughs> the and, whole thing. And I'm not kidding. I'm not saying this for effect to be funny. There's a there's a part where they test the atomic bomb. And I looked over and Dara is sleeping. You slept through the atomic bomb scene. I did. The whole thing. And so this is what happens though, which I think is hilarious and I don't know why you, you do this for every movie. It's like couples have this. So like there's memes about it. Like couples are watching TV and you look over like, are you awake? And it's like, yes, yes, I've seen everything. Like, okay, so I'm the one that's always asleep. Yeah. But so after the movie, I'm like jokingly this kind week. of. No, oh, Oppenheimer. About, okay. But this movie too. Okay. I'm like, so what did you think? You're like, oh, I didn't. She always says basically she doesn't, she didn't like it. I'm like, oh, Wait, you didn't, I didn't like say, it? I didn't like it. Because you you slept through like 96% of it. So what did you dislike? <laughs> like there's nothing for you to even dislike about it. Like, I don't think I said I disliked it. Yeah, but you Sometimes always. I just get nervous because I'm like, I wonder how. But almost always, instead of just saying, you know what, Todd, I like slept through a majority <laughs> of it. I can't have an opinion. It's almost always, ah, not, not like my thing, not my favorite movie I've ever seen. <laughs> so we That's went, true. so we went to see, which is, Again, I, I could talk about this movie forever, and a lot of people have, but it's called Zone of Interest. And essentially, to give some people a quick synopsis, it's it takes place right outside the Auschwitz concentration camp during World War II, and it's basically the story of a really cool a premise. German a commander who basically works at Auschwitz, kind of doing like, you know. He's like operational duties and stuff. And his family lives in this house like right next like door. Right next and door. it feels like a summer house where the mom is like made a garden. And right. essentially the movie's about, you know, being complicit in these horrors or about, right. you know, it's like the banality of sort of how we can be during times of war, all this right. stuff. 
it's amazing in a certain sense, but it's also extremely, extremely slow because it's uh, that's part of it. I think that's the purpose of yeah. the film in a way. It's like these but this I, family I, living I, normal I life. That. I just but again, so fast forward. That's the movie <laughs> you should go see it if you're like into that sort of thing. Uh, it's not you know an edge of your seat yeah. kind of thing. It's just like an interesting. It'll make you think about. Even the way we think about wars currently right, going on, right. or we can place it in these right. things because of inaction or right. know, all that stuff. And Conversation for another day. Yeah. But again, not to joke, but walk out uh, many times. I look over at Tara, just out. I have to like keep nudging her, <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of awkward too, because it's a heavy, obviously a very heavy topic, and yes. people in the theater are very interested in this film. You have to kind of seek it out to go see right. it. And Tara's just like starting to like breathe way too heavily <laughs> for the movie and I'm like elbowing her. But again, we walk out. Hey, Tara, what'd you think? Ah, it was just a little slow. I'm like, well, A, that's the point. And B, you again, slept, you were sleeping through like 10 minute chunks. Right. So of course so, you're going to wake is, up and not I, know what, I, what's happening. This is not a, you cannot compare this to the Northmen or anything like that. I, I really... I liked this movie. I needed to see the whole thing is the, <laughs> the main Do you moral think you have like a, not to, you know, I'm not making light of oh this gosh, disorder, but do you have narcolepsy? <laughs> this is TV at like eight o'clock every night. You fall asleep. I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. I don't know what it is. I, I well, maybe we're not sleeping. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so that could be it. <laughs> but I think also beyond that, I'm struggling, you know, a little off topic of, you know, cinema and movies, but I'm just struggling with, and I think a lot of people have gone through IVF or fertility after you finally end it, what happens to your body? And I thought my body would just bounce back hormonally. Oh yeah, see, this is what you were trying to tell me when I was setting yes, up the camera. This, and that's why I segued. Why <laughs> do you think you have a problem? <laughs> I believe me. I listen. Oh, please. Um, but I just think that I always thought that possibly, you know, I would have no issues once I stopped fertility because my body really seemed to get into gear every time I went through, you know, miscarriage or retrievals. It was just always like, okay, back in the game next month. And this time, I don't know. I'm just really struggling. And so I went to see Dr. Beck today. We did another scan. I have an endometrioma. We're trying to figure out what's going on with my hormone imbalance and all of this thing. So I think that plays a part. Um, and why I'm so exhausted. But what was interesting, I got blood work today and this just blew my mind as well. Like how long we have been doing <laughs> fertility to the point where I messed up my phone and restarted my phone and didn't keep any of my settings, whatever, long story. Go to get on our portal. It was always just an automatic login. It wasn't this time, and I had to find my password, and it was TNT 2019. Like, that just blew my mind that when I made that password, it was in 2018. I was like, oh, the new year. It's when TNT has a baby. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but I also see, like, a meme that's going around today that my friend sent me, and it was, like, so perfect for this. It was, like, the the jump from 2019 to 2020. Have you seen this? 2024 is so violent. Like, it really does feel that way. Like, 2019, and it's actually no, well, that's, 24. Yeah, this is, like, a... <laughs> different conversation that I could talk about for hours. I literally do feel like maybe many people do. I just think with fertility, like 
I've had weird stuff in my career. Like these five years have been like a time suck. They really have. <laughs> it feels like I went from 35 to 40 in like four seconds. Yeah. And I also just feel like maybe it's because we're watching For All Mankind and they age people. I feel like I feel like I'm at a point now too. That this is again, I could write an article about this, about age and the way we view maybe it we in television. Move from wardrobe to season two of unexpecting or about just your physical appearance. No, not about my well, yeah, about my physical appearance, but also about other people who you've like watched on TV now, you you see getting older. I don't know what it is about. Maybe it's that and I hate saying this, but like maybe it's that when you were 15, you see like the stars of the day mm-hmm. when they're probably in their mid 20s. Yeah. And now those people are in their mid 50s and they seem it makes me feel so sad. Like, God, I shouldn't say this. Maybe what? I shouldn't. What do you Another show we're watching has a female. Oh, lead. yeah. Don't call anyone out. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Scratch <laughs> that. <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is a like female I, or a male. I see Did you talk of- a, a bunch of males okay, I've seen good. too. I mean, even like you watch again. I hate to say this, you see like Brad Pitt. Yeah. He, I mean, I, guy is still fucking <laughs> amazing looking, but like I see him and I'm like, I remember you from like the movie Seven. Yeah. Twenty five years ago, and that's what I picture you as. And I now know. you're still a very very also handsome man. Aging with them. Yeah. Is I'm like also crazy. all old. Well, you look the same as you did 20 years ago, luckily. Well, I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's sweet. Yeah. Anyway. What else do we got for the people? Well, I mean, I think the the big kind of news we have, I suppose, fertility-wise to share. Oh, I don't want to really talk sad. about this. I know. But the plan was, I think you mentioned this, right, to people? I don't think I mentioned it. Oh. I don't so know. The, maybe I did. Yeah, maybe you did. Maybe you did. But the plan essentially for we would love to try to have a second child. And the plan was because your experience and relationship with Michaela was so amazing and so strong that you guys had discussed. I mean, you can tell me, but I don't know. It seemed like maybe midway through the pregnancy earlier. Even earlier. That, you know, she was going to because she's had six. Georgie was, Georgie her, was six. her sixth pregnancy. So she was basically... And that's a lot of pregnancies. Yeah. So she personally, when she started this, was like, I'm going to do Tara's and then I'm going to sort of retire right. from surrogacy because six is a lot. And it's even borderline doctors. Kind some of, doctors, yeah. some surrogacy agencies don't really love having, you know, a seventh pregnancy. I mean, I even had, you know, to talk to Dr. Beck about doing this, you know, since this was going to be our sixth one. But Michaela is and I knew it. I was like so strong in my conviction of it. Just this unicorn. Um, but yeah, we had talked pretty early on once we established our connection that she was going to do one more one essentially more. for us. Right. For and that kid. we would have the, you, you know, be able to do this experience together again. And how crazy special is that, that you carry <laughs> Georgie and then you would carry our next one and just the ease and confidence and trust. It was so built in and. Yeah, she, there was a medical issue that arose and it's been awful. I think I've cried so much that I don't even know if I have tears left in me, but she's not going to be able to carry our second. And that's like, it's shocking 
for me to say this because, and both of us, I think we're both trying to grieve through it together. You know, she was even sort of saying like, oh my goodness, I didn't, you know, as we talked about this, you know, I wasn't, I wish, you know, I didn't have time to process that as the last pregnancy while I was going through it and, or even come to terms with it or, you know, and I think for me, I mean, you can probably even explain what it was like when I got the news, but I just think if, if the closest thing it feels and it sounds really strange is like a breakup. If not, our friendship will be forever. And there's still a part of me now that's thinking, you know, maybe I, we, we, we relook at the records. We redo something like, I think Michaela and I still, and maybe who knows, maybe there's still some sort of hope, but it just feels like, you know, for me, it was a, like the ache in my heart. I can't explain like ache, like a hard, you took it really hard. Um, I think part of it was too, is probably that you had envisioned and that's what human beings do, right? Like now we're talking about like 10 months ago in your head, we're going to have Georgie and then hopefully we can have a second child and that's going to be Michaela again. And the birth of Georgie was so beautiful yeah. and you're probably envisioning how the second one's going to go and it's going to be her. And, you know, we've talked about the million and one things that are distressing and anxiety inducing about having a surrogate in the first place. I mean, surrogacy is amazing and I would never scare anyone away from that ever. It's, I mean, it's what got us Georgie. So it's amazing, but you're giving up, you're already giving up, you know, infertility, you're learning how to give up all these things and control over all these things. And then you're like giving up control over, you know, everything, having the, the baby. And, and so, you know, you, you trusted her so much. So much. I mean, I trusted her to this, this level that's so deep that I can't even put into words that, yeah, when I got this news, it, it felt, I don't know. It just, even now I can't, I can't articulate the feeling, but it felt like that physical ache. And what was so crazy to me is when we had Georgie, I thought there was always going to be a part of me, even as close as I was to Michaela, that when I would go to the hospital and I'd see Michaela give birth, that there'd be a part of me that would come home and always maybe think of that feeling or wonder what it would be like for me or give me that extra nudge that I needed to maybe try immune therapy or, you know, immune, uh, immune protocol for the issue that we struggle with and just maybe push through and be like, okay, I want to just try it one last time. And the thing that is so crazy is that none of those thoughts ever really happened for me. And instead this feeling of her not carrying our next one feels like it replaced anything that would have ever been that. It just feels so upsetting. And now a quick word from our sponsors. Okay, time to talk ritual. You guys know that I love them and I personally took their prenatal vitamin through my long fertility journey. And now I am turning to some of their other products like their multivitamin, Symbiotic, and Hyacera to focus on my gut and skin health. I'll tell you about that later, but I'm really loving it so far. But for all you listeners in need of a prenatal vitamin, I personally, as you know, did diligent research before knowing that this was the prenatal for me. 
And I felt so confident in Ritual Essential for Women Prenatal as it's rigorously tested and validated by a third party for allergens, microbes, and heavy metals. So that definitely put my mind at ease. Plus, did you know that 95% of pregnant women are not getting their recommended daily intake of key omega-3s? This prenatal contains 350 milligrams of eco-friendly vegan omega-3 DHA in every single serving. So why settle for a multivitamin you're not 100% sure about? Ritual was literally built on trust, so you know it's the real deal. Get 20% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash Tara. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women Prenatal to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash Tara for 20% off. It just, you know, it's the shock of it. And I think, again, you had such a amazing and beautiful experience with her throughout and you were calm throughout, you know, she did such a great job of calming all your fears. And then you guys slowly developed just, a friendship yeah, and then the so, birth was so great. Right. And, yeah. you know, it all, it was all just beautiful in terms of what it was. And I think again, envisioning what it was, it was going to be that again, the second time. And then having that kind of crushed, I think was a, a jarring thing for you. Yeah, it really was. And I just think it's hard to, in my mind, to think of another surrogate. I, I do, these feelings are crazy, right? Who, well, the thing, too, is that as anyone who's gone through surrogacy knows, the the process, you know, it's not the most comfortable. You know, when we went and found Michaela, it was, you know, you talk to some people, there's files, there's this thinking about that this person is going to be the one carrying your child. Right. Like, it's, it's like a thing, you know? Right. And I think having we thought having had that sorted out for the next kid felt really, really nice too. Right. But I mean, I think for that's kind of for me, like right. going, thinking about going through the process again and not knowing the person and building that sort of relationship up again feels a little daunting to me, but I know it for you, it was more of a personal friendship love and friendship. And yeah. And not that like, that's what I keep saying to myself. See, I'm even like doing therapy now It's and Michaela and I, have been just, I mean, talking every day since we heard this of just, you know, oh my goodness, I'm a little in shock. I'm a, I'm a lot sad. You know, do you need to talk? I'm here for you. I love you. And it's just, it's hard for me. And you know how I am just like, and I just like the thought of comparing, <laughs> you know, and that's something that you can't do. You have to open your mind. If we are going to do this, you open your mind and you start over, but it is going to be so hard. I, I think, again, it's back to this weird breakup feeling. It's not a breakup. We're we're, we're going to be friends forever, but it's just this feeling of nothing will compare. Well, you won't share that same experience again together. Right. So. And I think that, yeah. And there's just this like deep ache that I have when I think of it and just this sadness that, you know, it's not, it's not going to happen. And I, and I am already trying to think like, if, if we did this, it's like, you know, how weird is it? Like, like Michaela has to be a part of it. And I think Michaela and I are close enough that I will be able to talk to her again. And, you know, in my mind, I guess this is the way I'm trying to soothe myself is that I'll be able to keep her part of the process throughout. And I don't know, it sucks. Well, if you could put your finger on the one, the biggest reason, because I think there's a few, but what do you, I know it's just happened, it's hard to process, but what's the biggest reason you think you're so upset? And I am too. I'm not, 
you know, sitting here interviewing you on this as if I'm thrilled about it because I'm not. And my hope is eventually we can find someone just as amazing as Michaela. I think that's going to be very difficult, but I'm, you know, upset about this obviously too. But for you, what, what do you think is the one main reason why this has hit you so, so, so hard? I think like I just truly love her. I created this relationship with her that goes beyond any type of job or logistical thing. And of course I trust her. The The process was so easy. We would just, you know, it would, everything would fall into line again, but it was just, it's more so her. It's, how do you replace that? How do I replace this person that not only I adore, but I think of her like family? I truly do because it is this interesting thing that we've done, right? So there's this, this is not just like, oh, I made a new friend. This is like this woman carried my child and took care of our baby for nine months. And I could see how much she cared, how much she wanted it for us, how much you know, just the level that she was committed. And it's, we share something that's unique. So it's hard to say, it's not like, oh, I, I made a friend and now we're not friends. <laughs> you know, it's, it's deeper than that. It's family. I, I, you know, anything she needs for the rest of her life. Like I would, in a heartbeat, it's, that's the type of person I'd fly there in a second. I would do whatever. And I think, you know, we had, we built that relationship. She could tell when I was a little off. Do you need to talk? And do you need, you know, even now, like if you need to talk, like it's just, I, I think that's the hardest part is that we built this, I don't know, very interesting human, emotional friend, family connection. And it doesn't feel like it, it wasn't going to be over. And someone took that from us. Maybe even the last thing to say too on this is just there is a we, ad nauseum again on the podcast about like levels of stuff and just having awareness, but you know, Oh, Todd and Tara, I'm oh, so sorry. No. You don't get your, the sur perfect surrogate oh, that no. you love. Like we're, I mean, we've, we've gone through that five-year fertility journey and come out the other side and we're so, so oh, lucky yeah. and that's so lucky to have met Michaela. So lucky to be able to afford surrogacy, surrogacy. because it's so expensive. Yeah. So the fact that we probably, are going to have to, you know, find another surrogate is definitely sucks. And I feel so badly for what you have to go through because you had built, you know, this such a strong relationship as did I, but you especially had built this relationship with her. But, you know, I think there is too just the recognition that I know you have and I have of just, we're just, you know, lucky that these we have like healthy, good embryos that will work in a surrogate. They worked in Michaela and hopefully they'll work in someone else too. And that's the fact that we got out on the other side of that is kind of the real important thing, I guess. But I know that doesn't really diminish the sting of this. It's true. I mean, I, we, we do, we bring it up so often, but just the fact that we're even thinking about a second child, right, is beyond privilege. The fact that we're thinking about a second child with a surrogate is, you know, to the next level. There are so many women that I'm still talking to that are moving on to surrogacy and, and, you know, it depends where you live. If you're New Zealand, if you're Australia, there's so many, I mean, the hardships that women face 
financially or just logistically or what their con- country offers. I mean, it's it's horrifying if you really knew the the blockades that are set up for surrogacy. But um, yes, that does not go you know, unnoticed in everything that we do. But I, I think in just real life, this was family, this person's family. And when something changes like this, it's no matter how aware you are of the privilege of, of doing this, it, it doesn't take a human relationship away. And, you know, I think it's, it's really hard right now and it's very new, but I think it's really hard for Michaela and I to just, you know, think about, but again, like you said, you know, maybe it was meant to be, well, you know, I hate that. Well, so yeah. Do I. Yeah. I know I've already no. explained hating that, but again, there is a universe where this is better yeah. for everyone involved, including Michaela's health, including the health of a second child, yeah. hopefully for us. So, yeah. And I think like, and maybe it won't be that and I'll have to talk to Michaela, but I do, I think there's just this seed of hope deep down that somehow she'll still be part of this second journey with us in some way, because the thought of it just being final is so hard to <laughs> wrap your mind around. So I don't know if Michaela's listening. <laughs> Obviously you were never getting rid of me, but <laughs> I feel like you'll be getting daily updates if we do go on and and start again yeah and we obviously have to get her on the podcast i don't know I why know. we've kind of waited um this long but yeah we soon have to we, we have get to get michaela on michaela oh, on she's the best talk all this through with her yeah and and we'll be doing more podcasts i know yes. we took a break but we're gonna we're be back we're, we're back. back and we'll be doing stuff like we did today maybe we'll you know bring on guests and do stories so i think it will just be a mixed bag till we really nail everything down but yeah here we are unexpected happy 2024 <laughs> this is technically season three because we started i know season but you two. never changed it you know on yes i the podcast yeah, I platforms did. i think i did didn't i no i never started a season no two? I no mean, i think i did you didn't when we changed sets, you didn't you did oh, we didn't mention these <laughs> this is the chair that was in the basement for the first <laughs> yeah iteration of the podcast you just want to well, the white ones are so big and they're hard to get in the in the shot and all this <laughs> stuff. So we're we're just experimenting with the set. Yeah. Day like every single podcast. It's fine. <laughs> experimenting with the podcast itself. But thanks, guys. I just want to say thank you for listening. And we should always say this, even though this is obviously such a passion project, but please subscribe. Oh, it yeah. really means a lot to us. Please watch on YouTube. Comment. Co- comment. You read the and Todd co- well, loves a comment. Well, I like the negative comments. <laughs> no, you don't. You ups- no, I don't. Those upset you. They do, but they're they're kind of energizing in a weird way. I like going and talking to you, Like, but all the good ones are so nice, too. I know. So so, leave good ones. Yeah, leave good ones. Subscribe. And thank you. Thanks for hanging with us. Thanks for listening to Unexpecting the Podcast. Please subscribe, leave a review, and follow Unexpecting Pod on Instagram for info about upcoming weekly episode releases.